four, three, two, one. All right, uh, welcome everybody. Thank what you, is up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, like like we've been uh, blessed enough to get like really cool guests, and um, today actually we have one of a uh, one of a very special guest. Um, honestly, like I think um, I don't like regulate has been one of my favorite bands, and when I think of hardcore, when I think of current hardcore. Like every time someone asks me, like, oh, like, like, let's say a punk homie's like, oh, like, do you like hardcore? Who's like, who in yeah, hardcore? No, like, not, not really that. It's not about like who's better. It's just mostly like something that comes up to my mind, like, oh, what's, what's real, what's hardcore now? It's like regulate. Like yeah. I think like that's the, the band because, and uh, I don't know. I was, I was talking to uh, Sebastian, who's our guest today. The first time I found out about regulate wasn't like other hardcore bands where like, oh, you see them on a flyer, you hear about them. Actually, I was into metal. And then I was just kind of getting into hardcore, and then I saw a YouTube channel, and he, the first words he says like, "Oh, like Regulate is one of, like a real hardcore band who like has real aggression nowadays," and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I checked it out, and I was like, "This is kind of like a weird looking album cover." And this is when, when, um, when uh, I don't remember what album was, but I believe it was just your most like recent album came out, and I was like, "Damn, like this is like." Like, I kind of got hyped. I was like, Manos de Oro. I was like, this is Spanish. Like, this is real Spanish. It's not like one of those hardcore songs where, like, they have, like, a little Spanish part. And, like, that's it. But they actually can't speak Spanish. But I was like, without further ado, um, we got um, a very special guest who, who I could relate to on an immigrant level uh, experience, in which we got Sebastian from Regulate. What up, what up, what up? Well, for having oh, yeah. Very long intro, very long intro. But, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited because, like, I, I think when I talked to you that day uh, at the Ventura gig, I told you, I was like, like, it, it's really, um, I don't, I don't want to be like, I mean, racism is something you gatekeep or like you're, you know, who you are, it's not something you really can gatekeep, but sometimes I feel like where I grew up, like a lot of people, like, like you can tell when someone's like brown, but they're like super whitewashed or they're super like, like, they, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I think nowadays where we live right now, being a minority is a trend. You know what I mean? Being a minority is a trend. Being minority, like being brown, it's like, it's kind of cool. Like people look at any excuse to be like, oh, but my grandpa, but my dad was, but you know what I mean? And like, I'm like, and all. I'm like, it's, it's, it's different because, you know, so where me and my girlfriend grew up, like, like, it's like almost you're living in Mexico because there's kids who like, don't even know how to speak English in America, which is crazy to think, you know what I mean? Like they, like the life is still the same. People still like, the woman still cooks at home, like. You know, like like in South Central, like when you live in the hood, like and when it's surrounded by Mexicans who just come from Mexico, or even like Salvadorians, Guatemalans, like like it's crazy. And to me, it's like to me, it really hits home because when I see someone who's like really like bisa or like brown or could like speak Spanish fluently, I can relate. And I hate it when I see people that are like brown and like but like but they don't like know anything. Like they're like you know what I mean? They're like almost white. You know what I mean? That's and a it, Latinos for Trump. I don't know, like, it's, it's just like, I don't know, it's like, and when I, and I regularly as a band that I really, like, could just relate, and I could tell Sebastian's, like, a person who, like, really, like, understands, like, I don't know, just that feeling, you know what I mean? So, like, I want to talk to you about, like, you, um, you grew up in an area where there wasn't, a, there was, uh, I believe when you were a kid, there wasn't, like, uh, many Latinos, correct? Or uh, brown people? No, so I grew up, so I was born in Colombia, but I only spent, like, a couple years there before my mom and I moved to New York. We moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. And we, we lived in a neighborhood called Bensonhurst, which, uh, if you ever seen the movie Goodfellas, like oh, the yeah. Long time beginning, that, that's, that's set in, it's supposed to be Bensonhurst, right? So where I lived, um, there was one Argentinian family across the street and there was one Mexican family in our building. But besides that, there was no other black or brown people in the area. It was mostly Italians, 
uh, East European and Chinese people. And um, so, yeah, like, from I mean, since I was so young, when I moved from Colombia, obviously I didn't have a reference point for what I was used to being around. I was still an infant. But for my family, my grandparents and my mom, uh, I'm sure it was a trip for them to be, like, in a new place, first of all, and then not being surrounded by the culture that they're used to being around, you know. But they had to adapt. That's what, you know, you have to do in situations in life where you're, you know, uh, forced into situations. And, yeah, they adapted to it. You know what I mean? You, you I mean, also living in New York is such a big melting pot. There's, It's very rare that you're going to find um, a, a location where everybody is like you. So it wasn't just my family having to adapt, I'm sure. You know, I know the Mexican family, the Argentinian family, you know, and at some point, all the Italians and all the Russians and all the Chinese people at some point in, you know, the neighborhood's history had to adapt. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't have a lot of experience um, with people who look like me outside of my family for a while. And then I moved to a uh, part of New York called Long Island, which is like a, pretty much a suburb of New York City, right? So and Long Island is definitely predominantly... Uh, white, you know, Irish, Italian. Um, so that was just another, like, change for me as a kid, just moving to somewhere even more white. And yeah. it was like, it was like, like, in Brooklyn, it was white people, but it was like people who still had ties to Italy or Russia or Ukraine or, you know, Chinese people who, you know, still very, very... Um, they, they they were proud of their Asian heritage, they you know, their culture and everything. But when I moved to Long Island, it was like white people who didn't really have that much knowledge or ties back to whatever country they come from. So mm. it was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was like another thing to adjust to. But uh, I mean, I, I come from a close family. So, you know, during times where I felt like I couldn't relate to anybody, it was just come back at home, speak Spanish, eat our food listen to our music, talk to my cousins, talk to my abuelos in Spanish, you know what I mean? Like, the, I did, like, fit, like, the outsider, you know, it was rough, but you figured it out, but I, I was lucky because I have a good relationship with my family, so I could always come back and speak Spanish, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Eat our food, do our things. So, yeah, I've definitely had a, an interesting uh, upbringing when it comes to the people that I'm around. Yeah. And I think a lot of like you know you have it to uh, was that a brown uh, black power brown pride tattoo right on your chest. And I think like I think that really shaped you because to me I think like the way you, I feel the way you felt like you know being like kind of lost is the way I just started feeling now. Like I said, I grew up like basically you could call it the, well it's the hood, you know what I mean? Like it's all like brown people, and then now like I feel kind of angry sometimes when like. I go out of like, and not, not to like diss anyone, like, you know, like not everybody kind of like really, I, you know, not everybody grows up the same, like it's understandable. It's not to talk shit on anyone specifically, but I do like when I go to hardcore shows, I mean, like I do meet a lot of like brown people who are like, like don't know anything, but just because it's cool to be a minority, it's like, oh, I'm brown. I'm like, bro, like you don't like, like you're like, don't know any Spanish. And like, it's like the like, third generation or like Americanized. Not even third generation, like fourth generation. It's just yeah. like, like you know what I mean? It's like and it, like it's like it's cool that like you know I, I get it, you're brown, and, but it's like you're like fourth generation. You're like almost like I don't know like you're so Americanized that like it kind of makes me mad because it's like I know what it's like 
to talk real Spanish and like to talk like you know Spanish slang because there's like Spanish there's like regular Spanish and there's like words that you know like for example like estacionamiento like you say like my parents say parquear you know what I mean like words like that it kind of makes me mad sometimes it kind of like it's like what do you know you know what I mean like you know it's like and it's I don't know it kind of like it creates a sense but I always think about it like this like like I was talking to my dad about that last time I'm like that there's hella like brown people or like people that are like like they like repped out like their grandpa was like Mexican or something like that and like their grandpa like was you know what I mean or something like that like where it's like they're not like they're not at all and he was telling me like it's weird because we're like it's like you're only proud of where you come from or who you are until you come to America because America is a melting like you said melting pot but if you're like let's say you were to stay at Colombia like your whole life and you would have never came to America like it would have been different you know what I mean like they're like you wouldn't know who you're proud of because you're surrounded by only people that look like you do you ever think about it like that uh, that, no, that's interesting because that, I guess I, you know, everything, the reason that I'm sitting in this chair talking to you guys and we're talking to each other right now is based off of all the experiences and decisions I've made in my life up until this point. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm sure if even if I had stayed in Columbia only a couple more years, my life might be different. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I know for a fact if I had stayed there the whole time and never came to America, yeah. my life, you know? But so I think so I, I can understand why you feel a certain way towards people who maybe have Mexican or, you know, Hispanic, Latino blood. Right. And they don't they, they put on for it. But you maybe you think they put on when it's like convenient for them or when it make them makes them look good. And like you can't someone can't control their upbringing as a child. But at a certain point, it's all you as you know, as a young adult, as an adult to look into your heritage look into your culture and if you don't know spanish maybe because your parents didn't teach you and you want to learn and you want to like be a you know have that part of your culture attached to you yeah. it's on you and learn so i mean like you can't false like a young 10 12 year old 13 year old kid for like maybe being like a little bit more americanized than you were at that age but like i said at a certain age like you have to make a decision like, okay, I know that like maybe I wasn't born in Mexico, maybe I wasn't born in Colombia, but I am proud to be from those places and I have to make an effort yeah. to to show appreciation for that. Because otherwise, yeah, it's gonna be really easy to tell when someone is kinda just faking the funk, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Uh and it's a sad thing too, because people should be proud of where they come from, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh and not only when it benefits them. Yeah, yeah, but it's more specifically, do you ever think about that, like, like who would you be, would have become if you would have stayed in Colombia? Because I think about that, like, you know, like, I, I feel like we could relate to that, like, you know, like, Latin America or Spanish-speaking countries or a lot of, like, you know, South America or, like, Mexico or, like, you know, Spanish-speaking countries, it's really, like, low-income, right? It's very, um, like, I, like, and that's the thing, like, I know, I know we could relate to that sense that, like, when, when you lived in that country, like, one thing is to, like, go visit, and one thing is to, like, you know what I mean? Like, but I feel like when you live, like, for even for a year, like, it really changes your mind or it really changes, like, your world of how America really is. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, because, like, I think I'm, like, damn, if I would have stayed in Mexico, like, I, like, like, I would have, like, my life would have been, like, I would have thought different, like, there, there would be no opportunities. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like here it's, like, America's shit. But, like, I could at least, like, and this is coming from someone who even, like, sometimes, like, hates how it's run. I could at least appreciate that, like, there's even trains that I could take. You know, when, when like, TJ, like, 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 you can't even, like, how are you going to, you know, how can you even get to, like, like, I guess the downtown of TJ or, like, 
or anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like I can at least appreciate there's trains. I can at least appreciate that the bus takes you anywhere. You know what I mean? Like that. Like there, you could t- you could get to like where he lives, like far away, and and I could get there like in buses. I don't really have to walk. I could appreciate like little tiny things like that. Do you ever? I mean, yeah. I, in Colombia, we'd be poor as fuck because they were poor as fuck before they came over here. Yeah. Um, grandparents came over here in, in like the late 80s and they were just working a lot of jobs and sending money back to Colombia. So like one by one, their kids could fly over here. You know what I mean? So like at a certain point, my mom and her four siblings were all living in like like a couple block radius in Brooklyn with my grandparents um, because that's just my long story kind of ended up in Brooklyn in that neighborhood you know what I mean um, but yeah like I, I know based on everything that I know about my family is that we st- if we stayed in Columbia we would have been very poor um, and it was rough I mean like in the my my, my family like I'm I don't know if it, I'm first generation because I was born over there or if I had a kid they'd be first generation I forget how it works but my family before like my my little sister who was born here, she's the first person in my family to be born in America. Yeah. Um, as like the younger parts, of, like my cousins, like in my age group, we were all born in Colombia. So you know, my family only knew Colombia, and they you know they spent time in Venezuela too. But um, we that's that's all my family knew. So coming over here was definitely a trip. And you know, like I said before, when we started, like it's just an adjustment. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just something all immigrants have to do, whether they're coming from Colombia or any part of the world. Uh, I, I definitely feel appreciative that we are here. Um, I would have loved to spend more time in Colombia. I went back when I was like four or five for a year or so. Um, I was actually supposed to go back last summer for the first time since I was a little kid. Obviously, you know, I fucked all that up, but, um, Regulate actually has some plans to play over there before the year is over, so hopefully we can do that. Hopefully my family can come. That'd be crazy. Um, Whoa. Yeah. A hard uh, on Colombia? Yeah, they. I mean, they got bands out there, you know, Rob Brigade. Um, is Rob Brigade from Colombia or are they like, are they? Yeah, you know, they, those niggas are from Colombia. They're from Bogota, Colombia, the capital of the country. Is the vocalist um, from, like, doesn't he live in, like, in America or something? Yeah, so my boy Carlos, who, who sings in Robagate, he and he's a tattooer. He just moved, or he's, he lives in Philly, but he's moving to New York soon. Um, but the rest of them all live in Columbus still. I don't think they have any plans of moving to America. Um, yeah, well, they know, Columbia, Columbia's got a scene since the 90s. You know, they've had bands, they've had punk bands since the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Madball, Barnes, all those bands have been going to Columbia to play since the 90s. You know what I mean? Freddie, Freddie Mabel, the singer of the band, has had Columbia. Um, so there's always been like a connection between New York hardcore and Columbia hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. That's hard. Yeah, Robert Gary sick. I mean, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I hit him up. Hopefully, he like asks, like, yes, that's soon. Like, I've, I've tried to hit him up every single way possible. But but to continue, um, re- regularly is like, I think, like, um, like I said, like earlier, like, I think, like, I don't know if you could relate to this. Like, sometimes I, I think to myself, like, like, I lived there in Mexico for a year, like, when I was older, like, you know, like, already, like, sixth, sixth, seventh grade, and I'm like, god damn, like, I think to myself, as much as I love, like, everything about being Mexican and being, like, like, not just Mexican, but being hella paisa, like, you know, like, I love everything about it, like, uh, like, it's, it's I, I, I feel guilty sometimes to say, but I'm like, damn, I do not ever want to go back there, like, to live there, like, I want to go back, visit but like, man, I do not want to go live there. Just thinking about like the way it's like lived, like once you actually live there, 
you ever think about that? Like, like, do you like, do you like, I mean, one thing is to want to go back visit and be there and just be with your people. But one thing like, like, I do not want to go live there. Like I kind of, like, that's my biggest fear as an immigrant is to like ever go back, live there. Like to actually like, be living there. It's a, it's a nightmare to me. I mean, all the memories I have associated with Colombia from, <clears throat> you know, the few unfortunately that I have, because I was only there as a kid. Um, they're all good memories. Um, they're all positive things. I mean, I, I honestly, I want to go back for like a few months. Um, I'd love to go back for a few months or a year someday. Um, my situation now, if I went back, would be different than if we, we had never left. You know what I mean? That's true, yeah. I still have family over there that I'm in contact with. Um, and they, from what I know, they do pretty well. So fortunately enough for me, I wouldn't be struggling too much if I went back there. But I can understand why someone who you know, did maybe have to leave a dangerous situation or a very, like, negative situation in their home country, wouldn't want to go back. And it speaks a lot to the issues that go on in these other countries. A lot of times at the hands of the United States government and, you know, the way that this country interferes in other countries' business, but that's, you know, yeah. for another... Uh, but, you know, I can totally understand why someone might be like, well, you know, I love Colombia, but if I went back right now, it'd be kind of rough. Um, all the poverty, all the crime, all that... Yeah, I mean, it's it's still, you know, Colombia is an up-and-coming up South American country, but it's still crazy over there. The government over there is just as bad as any other crazy government you hear about. You know what I mean? Like, it's very corrupt. Um, it's very, right now, it's a very right-wing-leaning government. They don't treat their people well. And, um, you know, police and government forces can get, get away with pretty much anything they want. So in terms of living situation housing and all that stuff i think i'd be okay but in terms of like being able to feel safe around government officials and police and yeah. military that that's definitely not something that i would be uh, interested in experiencing for sure yeah like like um i, I think i talked about it in another podcast that we did but like, i think about like when the whole protest happened like like you could tell like a lot of like um, you know, kids who like, I don't know, like, like a lot of, yeah, a lot of younger kids from my school where they're like, they didn't know anything. Like they kind of just like, Hey Kevin, I, I don't know how to explain this. The best way to put it is like, I saw like, you know, like where, where Mexico comes from, like, I don't know if you know this, like there's like, more, it's more like in smaller, like towns or like pueblos, where you call them. But like there's pueblos in Mexico more on the like down that where there's no cops. They're called, um, what do they call them? They're called the comunitarios. They're called. So they're not really cops. They're just like people who like volunteer to, I guess, protect. But even then, they're still corrupt. So what they do, instead of like, you know, calling the cops because there is no cops, they like, all, everybody gets together and ties them and burns them down. So like, let's say here we're like, um, uh, there'd be like, uh, I don't know, like like the worst kind of people, right? Yeah, like uh, a criminal or whatever like that, stealing from people. But like here, there's a legal due process. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and I think about it like that, I'm like, damn, like, it's really crazy to think that I could have been born or I could have been like, like kind of like, it's almost like, I don't know how you call it, like a, like a raw way of living. You know what I mean? Like there is no cops. There is no like police. There it's is just that street justice. Yeah, basically. Like, and it's, and it's kind of crazy to think like the differences of like living in a country like that. Do you ever think about that? Like, like, um, like, like having like, I don't know, like it's, it, it's, it's really like, it's really hard to explain. Uh, but do you ever think about like living in Colombia and having to deal with like little stuff like that here in America, like 
we're not used to. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of conveniences that were afforded in America. Uh, whether you're a, a billionaire or whether you're very low income, you know what I mean? Like you said before, you can take public transportation places and we definitely t all take that for granted. If you can drive a car on a high, on a paved road, you know what I mean? There's a lot of places in both of our countries where you cannot do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like having a car, you know what I'm saying? My grandparents have never driven a car. They live in Colombia almost their whole lives and they never drove a car. They never had in their mind that they were going to until, until my mom was like five or so. She didn't drive a car. We were living in New York City. Um, when I was growing up, I never thought I was going to drive a car. I thought I was going to live in New York. But more so than that, it's because my mom never talked about driving a car. My grandparents never talked about driving a car. You know what I mean? So, and they carry that kid. They carry that over from Colombia. Like they didn't drive over there. So, I mean, we don't need to drive here. No. Uh, for different reasons, they didn't drive over there because they couldn't afford a car. Yeah. They didn't city because we could take a train and we could take a bus. So, like, it, that that's actually an interesting example because they, they were not doing the same thing, but for different reasons because we had. I mean, it's a perfect example. They weren't driving, but for different reasons because of the convenience that we have here. Uh, so yeah like there's I mean there's a lot of, I mean even when it comes to like music like as I mean I'm definitely biased I've been living here for so long almost my whole life I think America produces the best music the best musicians the best this and that and uh, we're, we're lucky to live where we are you're at where I'm at are like hotbeds for alternative music you know what I mean um, if we were living in our countries definitely we would, I'm sure we'd both be into a lot of great music, a lot of great bands and artists and stuff like that. But, I mean, America is just, I, I, you can't really compete. One, because of how many people are here compared to other countries. Two, because so many people from other countries come here. So it's just such a mix of different cultures and different ideas and perspectives that make amazing yeah. music and art. You know what I mean? People who are the best at what they do in their country generally come to America so they can perfect it and so they can make some money because yeah. the opportunity are always there in lower income countries to make money if you're really good at something, whether it's art, whether it's cooking, you know what I mean? Like a chef in Japan who is an amazing sushi chef, let's say. Yeah. Maybe. There's a sushi place everywhere in Japan on every block, right? He said, well, I need to make some money. I'm really good at this. Let me come to America and do this. It's the same thing. There's an empanada place everywhere in Colombia. You're trying to make some money. You know, your empanadas are bomb. You're going to come over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make that work. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of give and take, though. Like, I'm sure a lot of aspects of my life would be better if I lived in Colombia. Yeah. And some... So... I'll never really know unless I go back and live there for a few years, which I might do. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, see. well, well yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, hopefully you get to go back soon. And, but uh, I want to ask you, um, I think one of the interesting and like one of the very uh, um, specific is like the the way immigrant families or like immigrant speaking, immigrant Spanish speaking families is like when you listen to like hardcore, like metal, it's, it's always like, like I could always relate to it in a very distinct way. Yeah, uh, like um, how how do your families react when like or like your parents or say your mom, like uh, like when you're like getting into hardcore, getting like as a kid, like I remember you saying that as a kid you like Metallica, like how like yeah. it's always like it's always interesting to hear like how people how like I'm, I I just remember how my mom reacted when I listened to like like Spanish rock and she'd be like what the fuck like that was like crazy. 
I mean, the first, like, rock I ever... So the first music I heard, obviously, was, like, salsa and merengue and stuff like that. Bachata, all that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that type of music. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, but then, I, honestly, it was just watching, like, music videos. There was um, the, the, the music channel Fuse right now. It used to be called Much Music in, like, the 90s or the 2000s. And I would, like, on Saturday mornings... Uh, both my grandparents and my mom will all be at work, so I'd be left alone for a few hours. And I was a kid, like old eight years, and I would just watch TV. And I found myself on this music channel all the time. And they played mostly like guitar music, you know what I mean, like alternative types of music. And it was honestly like a lot of Nickelback and a lot of butt rock. Yeah, that's right, the butt rock. Yo, for whatever reason, like I took to that. Like, they played a brand new music show, like a band brand new, and I took to that. They played Taking Sunday, and I loved that. So, like, I, there's really, I, I, I don't have any older siblings. Um, I didn't live with anyone that was older than me, but still kind of close in age to, like, show me what's cool or to show me what they like. It, it really just, it just happened. Like, no one put me on. I was just watching Nickelback videos as a kid, and I was like, oh, I like guitar music, you know what I mean? And then, um... When I got a little older, like nine, eight years old, my mom, my stepdad, who's a white guy, and he loves metal, hair yeah. metal, like Grease, Iron Maiden, Metallica, all that shit. So he got me into that. And through that, you know, I got into hardcore. And my mom was definitely not psyched with my shows. Like, even like my little like phase of liking, like Bring Me the Horizon and shit like that, she was bummed about that. Because it sounds, I mean, like, yeah. Think of think of your parents hearing a Bring Me the Horizon song. That's crazy to them. They never heard nothing like that before, you know what I mean? And then like the visuals that go along with it and God forbid they read the lyrics, you know what I mean? So like uh yeah, she was definitely not psyched. My aunts, my grandma definitely about it. Diablo, you know what I mean? Yeah. They can't get out. Not like the devil. But it's like obviously you and I know like especially hardcore lyrics, like couldn't be further than like yeah that. sometimes you know okay. what I mean Some, but started going to shows she would see videos of the shows pictures and stuff that I would post on like Facebook or whatever and she'd be upset because it like it doesn't make sense for someone to want to go do what people do at shows you know it, it just doesn't but it just happens certain people choose that way of life and my mom was really bummed about it for a long time and it wasn't really until regulate started like going on tour and and it being able to travel places yeah. because she, she was kind of like hmm, maybe there's something to this you know what I mean like my son is able to go to different countries and different states while, but um, how, she how, how, like has she videos of Japan like has she seen the videos and like she's like, seen yeah I, I send her shit all the time like and I uh, one of my Japanese friends sent me a video that he took of our set that night. I sent it right to her, and she psyched on it. Like, she loves it. She wish I wouldn't throw myself off stage as much as I do, but you know, she's she's into it and she's happy for me because she knows this is like playing shows is really what makes me happiest in the world. So, you know, she misses me when I'm on tour, but now nah, she's she's definitely like she's definitely hyped for me now. It just took a while. It just took like twelve of her and screaming at me yeah for yeah I, th I think about it yeah it's uh 
Yeah, I think there's a difference between like, like, uh, like, like, say, like, probably the average person doesn't like something because they don't like it, and there's a difference between like not knowing and being scared of it and not liking for that reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yes. like my mom, yes. I think she saw a cold as life like photo. I think I was like, I think I had my laptop open or something like that, and like she just like she was like, what is that like? Like you know what I mean? She just got like super like like a guy with a gun. Or, like you know what I mean? She just thought like, what am I getting into? You know what I mean? But in reality, like it's like. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, music, unless you live that life, just music. You know what I mean? Like, I was just in the coldest life when I was, well, obviously I wasn't out there doing coldest life type of things. Yeah. Going to high school, you know what I'm saying? Um, but like you said, it's it's just lack of knowledge about something, you know, fear, other, fear of the unknown. And especially like, like Latin families, religion is such a big thing that is indoctrinated into them and then like for some reason they just they think your band is like Ozzy Osbourne and like Slayer where they're like there's pentagram and my mom had seen me listening to Harm's Way when I was in high school she would have kicked me out the house because that really is some satanic shit but you know thankfully she didn't recall me doing that uh, did you ever have like I don't know I don't know maybe it's just me but did you ever have like other family members like tell you that like kind of like oh like like Sebastian like no like he's definitely crazy and like your mom be like oh my god like like see see your like your family thinks the same thing. I had I so I posted a video I forget what it was I posted some video on um, honestly it might have been an AFI video like when I was in like middle school on Facebook right and I remember my mom calling me in her room later on that day and she was pissed she was like oh it was the leaving song part two video where they're all moshing and stuff right yeah. and Davey having makeup on and stuff like that my mom's like what is this like they're wearing all black this man is wearing makeup like what is it they're, they're kicking and punching each other like what are you doing and it's because one of my aunts saw the video that I posted and she told my mom she, she snitched on me and yeah no like like I said before I'm very close to my family like all of us are very close but I've always been I wouldn't say the black sheep because I get along with but I've always been like the weird one for my musical taste but just like my mom everybody started coming around when they would see that I was able to travel the world through the music that they think is so weird so now it's like oh Sebastian like you're playing only hey, like let's see you whereas in the past it would be like oh Sebastian do not put that fucking music on in my car yeah got no way you know what I mean um, but yeah no I mean I've been a weirdo when it comes to music my musical take for as long as I can remember I'm like the only one in my family that listens to guitar music you know? I can definitely relate to that yeah my, my family I'm very close to my family too and uh like yeah, I can relate to the, that sense that I was all of us too yeah but I wasn't like I, I can relate to the sense that like I wasn't a black sheep because I still get along with my family like like where am I like where specifically where my family comes from they're like um it's like the very bottom of Mexico, called borderline Guatemala, and it's like they're like 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 my so my grandpa was black and like my grandma looks black, but she's like you know what I mean like so it was like very like that mixture and like they talk they talk different too like they talk like different from regular Spanish say tortillas they call them memelas and like they have like other words for it so like like I remember like growing up like they speak but to get to my point what I what I what brings it to my second uh, point is that like straight it like like in the sense that I that that they were like you know how you said like playing music kind of showed them like oh, okay like 
they're like you know you're doing something with this is bringing something positive like my whole family drinks my whole family drinks like it's there's no tomorrow like there is like you know what i mean like it's just it's like latino culture like and then like they i tell them like oh like i'm straight edge i'm like what the fuck is that like i'm like oh well like, i don't like drink or smoke or do any of that and they're like like you'll drink you'll eventually drink and like by, when i was 15 right and like now i'm 18 they're like well you can, you're 18 like you should be drinking now like you know what i mean and i'm like no like i'm good and it's like, did, did you have that too? Like, I don't know if like, like your mom, I don't know if your mom really encouraged it or like expected it. Cause my family, one thing my mom always told me as a kid is I like, like, it's like, oh, when you're older, like when you turn 18 or when you're old enough to drink, like have your first beer with me. The question was never like, if you want to drink. The question was like, when you drink, you know what I mean? It was, there's a clear, you know what I mean? Did, was, was that like a thing in you growing up? Uh, so the big part of the reason that I am straight edge because like I remember like my certain members of my family just drink a little too much you know yeah. turn it up hard you know what I mean like you said it's kind of a part of the culture unfortunately like drinking to a point where it's like maybe you shouldn't be drinking to so as a kid I was just put off to it so it was a pretty I think if I had never found out what straight edge specifically was or punk or hardcore was I think I'd still just abstain from being old they my mom thought it was odd that like you know what I mean she have a wine glass glass of wine for dinner and she same thing like when you're eight, excuse me when you're 18 when you're 21 like I want to have a glass of wine with you and I was like and I claimed edge when I was like 13 so I was like I'm gonna do that mom like I don't feel like drinking she's like okay yeah we'll see yeah. and never encouraged me to do it either like she wasn't like like she wasn't bummed she was just like and of course like teenagers that's what teenagers do so she was maybe not expecting me to do it but she was at that age at least she was expecting me to do it by the time I was of age and uh, I mean another big reason why I'm straight edge is because I was terrified terrified of drinking smoking something and coming home and my parents knowing because I would my There's no beer, no weed, no drug, no nothing was worth whatever I was going to come home to if my parents knew that I was fucked up. Nothing in the world. So, I mean, it was pretty easy for me to keep it going, even though, like, my family thought it might have been a little odd. Um, for the most part, they were, pretty, they were pretty supportive. But there is a funny story about it because, so when I was, like, 17... Right, and they met this dude at this like convention thing, right? And he was like, all tatted up, like he had like ex, he acts like being a oh, yeah. neck. And she met this guy, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, well, what did you guys talk about? She was like, well, you know, we were talking about his tattoos, and then I told him my son was straight edge, and then he told me all these stories about how he's uh, straight edge, but when he was younger, he lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, and he was doing all these crazy things, like going to bar like stabbing people and like fighting people who were drinking for no reason blah 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 and I was like uh I did the internet searching because that's what you do as a kid when you don't understand something I mean shit that's what I do now as an adult man when I don't understand something and I found like I learned just through like YouTube and shit that like Salt Lake City straight edge like in the 90s 2000s was like some crazy shit and they were like fucking niggas up for just drinking bar like doing crazy stuff and uh, my mom was like 
my mom from that point up until the time I was like 20, 21 probably was for real like dead ass convinced that Straight Edge was a gang. Oh like, my God. Like for real. Like, and she would see like, she would like, I remember she Googled like Straight Edge tattoos. Like and so she would see like the XXX and she'd be like, that's like the symbol of the gang. They all have, <laughs> they have piercings, like this and that. And then they put like X's on their hands so they know who is like in the gang. And it was it was crazy for a minute over here because on one hand she was with it she's like oh my son doesn't want to do drugs or drink that's great oh my son is also in the gang so yeah and it didn't help that when I was like I think or 18 or 19 I was in like I was in a straight edge crew for like a, a few years and she would see the pictures we'd post of like 30 dudes all in the same shirt like it was a straight edge crew like not a gang we're doing gang shit you know what I mean but it was just a group of dudes who were all straight edge that if you were a concern Latino mom, you would might think is a gang. You know yeah. what I mean? So I didn't do it myself any favors with that one, that's for sure. Oh my God, that's, that's crazy. And the whole time you guys are just rapping PMA. For real, literally, yeah. yeah. Damn. That's, I want a drink and my mom's like, ganguero. Ganguero. <laughs> yeah. Ganguero. It's weird because like, I think my mom like, like it was weird because like it, it's it's so weird because I I've talked about it to like uh, like friends who like have a little bit of better upbringing, to them it's like yeah I have family members who like just probably never really drank or maybe drank once, and I was like and I remember t- uh, like to me like the idea of no someone not drinking, I was like what like that's why when I first discovered straight edge I was like, like I was like literally one of the like I, my mind was blown I was like wait someone really cannot drink, like I was like that's a thing like because like. But, like, to other people who, like, became straight edge were like, oh, I'm definitely not drinking. Like, to them, it was like, yeah, like, I want to make sure, but, like, I still have family members who, like, wouldn't drink as much. I'm like, well, like, because, like, I grew up with, like, life is, like, drinking. You know what I mean? You have to drink, like, to get by to work, to get by to this. So, like, when I first, like, I think it was Minor Threat. Yeah, it might have been Minor Threat, the first band. I was like, wait, what the fuck? I was like, this is crazy. Like, how can you not drink? It's just weird how, you know what I mean? It's just weird how, like, when you grow in a Latino household or a brown household, like, it's it's like it's not as common or it's not like it's it, it shouldn't be that way like i really wish it went it, it wasn't that way like like to to like you know what i mean it should be common it should be encouraged to like drink and even and to be honest if i'm being completely honest a lot of the like you know like punk homies who are like usually here like in los angeles punk is a little bit more like you know like the, that's where the bicycles are at that's where they're at like those like they kind of like I, like there's been some people where I'm being completely honest where like I tell them oh I'm straight edge they're like ugh you know what I mean like they kind of like like they get mad that someone else is like using like you know what I mean like and it's like it shouldn't be that way because I've had people where they're like well yeah I'm Mexican I'm Salvador or like this and that and like yeah like I've been drinking since I was like nine like as a like oh look look at like how much I've been drinking and then like it's like oh you're Mexican but you don't drink like you know what I mean like it's always like a like it, like, it, like like one thing is to like not be common and one thing is to like discourage people to not drink you know what i mean like it really sucks because it shouldn't be that way yeah and i mean it's unfortunate that drinking is associated with someone's like heritage like they would expect every mexican person to love to drink you know what i mean yeah it just it really bums me out that like it's like you're discouraging someone for not for not drinking you know what i mean instead of like it's like oh you know maybe drinking for me but like it's cool you know what i mean that's and it really blows my mind because Cause you know, there's I always try to kick it with friends that I like or like my real homies, but like then there's people who like do like me to cross people that like, I don't drink and it's like, 
like ah, oh, like you know what I mean. You're kind of like a bitch, or you know what I mean, like and not and not and not be and like not because of, of a man, but more so like how could he be brown or how could he be Mexican or how can you say you're one of us type of thing and not do this? You know what I mean? And it blows yeah. my fucking mind sometimes how how people can just really hate or like or or like where like here in LA it's common people throw you beers like when they see you with a straight edge shirt or like. You know what I mean? Like it's more than like, and I don't know how big straight edges in New York. Or they try to put a globito on your hand. Yeah, like I've had, like he's seen that where like people try to put a balloon in my face, or like you know what I mean? Like that's just kind of. I don't know how big straight edges in New York. Uh, like, I mean, where? As far as I know, I'm definitely wrong. Like I'm sure there's another one out there, but on Long Island and New York City, there were definitely the only straight edge band. There's another band called Reaction that the guy who plays drums in my band. Also, plays comes in. They're straight edge band, but like the two edge bands in New York, there there's a lot of straight edge people. I mean, within the last five years, I probably know. That's that's a part of life. Like how you're eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. Bro, like a lot of your friends who are straight edge now are not gonna be by the time my age. Uh, that's just how it is you know what I mean and sometimes for better for worse like some people definitely I like them more after they broke edge like some people it's not for them you know what I mean I'm I'm definitely a believer if you're not now you never were but some people it's just they're just better off having a drink or smoking you know what I mean like uh, not cigarettes obviously anyone who smokes cigarettes is a dummy but you know it's benefit from it yeah, um, you know how, like, we have said earlier that, like, you know, you, you grew up in, like, a Hispanic household or a brown household, you, um, you, you're, like, exposed to, like, you got to drink or it's, like, not common, and, like, like you said, a lot of people that break edge, like, or a lot of people that will break edge, it, it's weird because, I, I mean, I know, I know to, to some extent I'm just being, like, egotistical or selfish or self-centered or whatever, but I, I sometimes I, I feel more prideful, I feel like, you know, like like that that lyric you said, uh, you don't you don't want it like I do because I go so much harder on you. Like that could be interpreted to many things, but I take it as like, like when when like being straight edge, it's like I'm like damn, I come from like a place where like, where South Central, there's like, uh, sometimes I literally feel like there's no one else that's straight edge besides me. Like and like and like uh, thousands of people that live there, like I've never like. You know what I mean? Like straight edge is like, like you literally have people selling drugs inside your house. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. Like that's common. Like, like, like it's like yeah. Like, this, your doorstep, yeah, like, bro. Like I, I could, I, I could probably get crack. I could probably get anything. Like, like within like walking distance for me. And like, and it's not to be like, oh, look at me. It's just like, like when I, like when I grow, like to, when I started going to hardcore shows and meeting other people, it's like, oh, you're from like, you know, so and so area, and like you're like, like your parents don't even drink. You know what I mean? Or like you're like, like you're born in like a nice, you know what I mean? Like household where it's like, and then. And it's, like, one thing to, like, rep straight edge, and it's one thing to be, like, ignorant about it and be, like, oh, well, I'm better than you. And I'm, like, well, well, it's, like, you never had it hard. You know what I mean? You never had it difficult. Like, you kind of get a free pass to, like, like just live this life. No one's, like, you know, and yet you're still thinking you're better. You know what I mean? You're still, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, like you're straight edge? Like, oh, I mean, or, like, you drink, and it's, like, oh, I'm better than you. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy. Like, it blows my mind how, how this world is sometimes. Do you, do you like do you ever like do you ever, have you ever felt that way like like oh like there's this kid who, like it's really like have like was like so like in a suburb home like it's a rich kid and they're straight edge and like and like I feel like I'm more prideful than than that person because I kind of like came from a household where drinking or or was encouraged more. Uh, I don't know because honestly, <clears throat> depending on, I mean, or I should say, regardless of where you're from, like, I 
mean, some of the more, most affluent people I knew growing up had parents that were addicts, had siblings that were addicts, and it, you know, ended up being straight edge or people who grew up in like really nice homes with easy lives ended up being straight edge and you find out that like they had like a, a fucked up upbringing like like I, I definitely understand what you're saying like the culture around you not even so much your family but just the area the environment you're in uh, drugs and alcohol are a lot are more prominent than in, in a nicer area you know what I mean uh, uh, maybe a area that the people make more money than the areas that you're talking about make but you still can't because I can speak personally from Long Island. Like Long Island has a very big heroin problem, very big opiate problem, and it's people who have money. It's white people, it's black people, it's Latino people, Asian people. You know what I mean? Like it affects everybody. So while I understand definitely what you're saying, like the culture of drugs and alcohol is is ruminating around you at all times. Like it it, it goes on behind closed doors too. Like the thing. Sometimes their shit is just as fucked up. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just, just next time you think that like, yeah, or your image is different than somebody else's, or like the way you look at it, just think twice because like that person might have like a fucked up situation going on, or like two crazy fucked up addicts or parents or you know, siblings who are fucked up on drugs or in rehab, you know what I mean? Like, there's always something more than what someone is showing you, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I've always, like, I, I've, like, to some extent, I've, I've, I've kind of come to realization that, like, I'm being egotistical or, like, self-centered, I guess, in that sense. But Manozoro, Manozoro is written about, about, um, I'm sorry, man, I'm, I'm out of, like, I was just thinking, but uh, Manozoro is written about uh, you being in debt. You know, you're in, you're in debt through the, like, being, what I, what from what I've heard, you, you were, uh, I want to say forced, but you were, like, kind of pushed to go to school. Uh, how, how was, like, do you, like, um, yeah, like, talk about that. Uh, talk about to whoever's listening, I guess, who don't know, like, for me not to explain your situation. So, uh, yeah, the song My Crime. Oh, is... My Crime. Sorry, man. That's like, yeah, I had a completely brain fart. Yeah, My Crime is about just the uh i guess the american college business machine i would say um and i i so that's on the last record we put out that came out in 2018 which is also the year that i graduated college and um yeah so i mean it was something that was just relevant in my life something i've been thinking about you know I, i was paying i was ready to like start paying my loans when i graduated and like that for bank statement whatever um or bill i should say hit and i was like god damn and it's a lot of money man like it hits different dude when you're like fuck i'm responsible for this loan a monthly yeah. payment like what to learn like, thankfully my parents like helped set up the loans and like were helping me out a little bit but like i still had a loan to pay that i could afford each month but it was going to be legitimately for decades of my life that I was going to have to pay it off. Holy shit. You know, yeah. Insurmountable amount of money in my mind that I'd never be able to pay off. And I mean, right now, I don't I don't care about paying it. I don't pay it anymore. Um, last year, when the pandemic hit and everything was kind of, you know, shutting down, they were pardoning a lot of people. Like, oh, you don't have to pay for now. And that went on for a while. Now they're trying to call me. I got a fucking piece of paper right here being like, hey, uh, 
you gotta start paying again and I'm not going to and I don't care what happens um, I'm just not gonna pay him well, what um, happens if you don't pay for them like what's like some of the consequences that could happen it affects your credit score um, and you know credit is it goes out to it, collections yeah it goes into collections and shit it's bad but I just uh, I'm just gonna fight them tooth and nail over it because I don't want to do it I just don't want to pay it so I'm not going to uh, but the song itself is, yeah, about the financial aspect, the financial burden they can put on somebody. Um, also, the burden of school itself that can be, you know, hoisted upon somebody who is maybe reluctant to have gone in the first place like I was. Um, now, I, I don't want, when people talk to me about the song, I don't want them to get it twisted and think that, like, I don't understand, like, the, what privilege it is to be able to go to a four-year college. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people that I'm sure the three of us know would love to do it and they don't have the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely, I definitely understand, like, how fortunate I am to have been able to do that and to have finished it. You know what I mean? Some people can't afford to even stay in school. You know what I'm saying? Or because of what they, whatever they have going on in life. So I definitely understand, like, that I was in a really good position to be in school. That doesn't mean I can't not enjoy it because I didn't enjoy it and it stressed me out and I felt like I was forced into it not so much by my parents but by the idea that is instilled in a lot of American people and a lot of immigrants too that you need to get a higher education in order to be successful in life where as the days go on you know it's not true like it's just not true obviously there are certain things you need to go to school for if you want to be a doctor any sort of medicine um Business, but there's so many successful business people in the world and in the country who I'm sure didn't get as much as a high school education. And they're very wealthy and they're very successful. Like, if you want something that bad in life, sometimes you're going to figure it out. Some people don't. Some people want it, but they don't want to put in the work. You need to want it and you need to put in the work. And I don't think college is a necessary part of either of those things. Like, it's not. You know what I mean? And I think... Uh, the song talks about just the pressure you feel being in there. Like, it's crazy that when you're 17, 16 years old, you have to decide what you're going to devote your life to for the next two to four years. You know what I mean? And depending on the major you pick, six to eight years, maybe 10. It's crazy. Like, my, my little sister is 16 years old. And I think about it all the time. Like, I always try to tell her, hey, if you want to go to college, just be sure. And if you don't want to go, don't feel bad because that's what you do. You know what I mean? Like, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many kids that are just, like, like, I remember being in high school and, like, the kids that were in, like, the advanced classes and the college classes just stressed out senior year. Stressing out. Whether it was before they had applied and got into schools or after, it was always, like, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I can't enjoy myself. And it's like, dude, you're 17 years old. 16 years old. Like, like I have, I'm I'm fortunate to be. I'm 25. I've, I'm a decade removed from that part of my life, and I have someone in my life, my little sister, who's very close to me, that I can, like I can see what I was seeing at her age. Now, I can see someone in that position who is who knows people who has friends that are stressing about college and stuff. So it's interesting to see because like now. It doesn't seem like the end of the world at all, not getting into a school or not doing your homework or not doing well on a test. But at that age, I thought that sometimes, like, shit, dude, if I don't get to college, like, my life is fucked. 
I really thought like that. And kids her age really think like that. Kids, I'm sure, your age think like that. And now, like, I have a little bit more experience on my belt. I always tell them, like, dog, don't stress. Like, it, you're going to figure it out. And I know right now it seems like the end of the world to you, but I promise you things are, they're going to figure themselves out. So the song is, like, most of the song is pretty pessimistic, but I think towards the end I try to, bring it back up and put things in perspective like if you want to learn something you can figure it out you got youtube you got google you got wikipedia you got all that shit go to a library read a book you know what i mean you don't need some overpaid person in a fucking sweater vest talking to you about some shit that you don't even care about in the first place if you really care about something you can figure it out on your own you know what i mean without putting yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt you know what i'm saying like it's crazy i think i think college University machine in America is insane. I was talking to a person in France who told me she spent $3,000 for her first year of college and my jaw dropped and she was like, yo, you have so much money. Only $3,000? Like, That's she pennies, was going bro. To, That's she was going to like a real school, like a real pennies. friend. And she was like, I don't know. She was like, oh my God, it's so annoying. Like I paid it, but it's so annoying. I'm like, 3K? You're stressed over 3K? Yeah, Bit of my hand, I give you 3K right now. You know what I mean? I wish I was paying three k. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I can relate. To, I can relate to that. Not like that in most countries. Like America is one of the few countries who has who has let capitalism like fuck its way into education like no other, dude. Like in in the UK, I might be wrong, but as far as I know, if you can't pay back your loans within twenty years, they're like, all right, fuck it, we don't want them. Don't worry about it. So there's a forgiveness thing. If I was in England, if I was in the UK, any country that makes up the United Kingdom, I would not pay that shit for 20 years, and then I'm just done. Yeah, you know why would anybody actually pay their loans if you don't, yeah. I'm sure there's something else going on to, like, pressure you into doing it. And maybe some people don't know about that. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. That doesn't exist. And we're, yeah. I would shouldn't. But as far as I know, that's good information. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, other countries, like, they don't they don't pressure you to do that it's because the shit is like think about during the pandemic all the people going to school online doing zoom classes doing this and that whatever it is on their webcams colleges were like when kids started coming back they started making tuition more expensive they started making room and board more expensive to make up for all that money and it's because they don't make money off of you learning anything they make money off of you using the facilities that they have like living at a college is mad expensive. The books, the materials are mad expensive when they shouldn't be. The education you're getting is not expensive. You know what I mean? They should be paying these teachers more and they should be figuring out ways for kids to be able to live at college for, and without their parents literally having to sell their business or take out a huge loan that's going to bankrupt them someday. You know what I mean? It's an evil. Kids to take out huge loans. Yeah. And they want you take it. You take out a loan, then you got to take another one to pay that one off. You take another one to pay that one off. You know what I mean? It's a cycle, and they know what they're doing. Like, no, like college financial person is like surprised when someone's like, "I mean, I can't pay. I'm, I'm bankrupt. I can't afford it." You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's put, it's put into practice on purpose. Yeah. Shit. And evil. It's crazy because I, I, re I recently just graduated like high school, like a month or two ago. And That's congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, right, young ass. Congratulations, Ricky. You're That's crazy. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know how you said like you look at you look I I used to be a firm believer that 
all the pressure because I was in AP I was in those advanced classes I was like ready to go to college I was like I'm gonna go to college I was like I had all that mindset and I and I really believe that everybody who like who was who felt pressure like I was was because of my parents or like our parents because I knew for my part is I don't want to go to college my mom was forcing me so I thought everybody felt the same way I thought oh every kid here is like we want to go to college but a lot of our, our, our parents are forcing us to I thought we all we, we can all agree on that but then it's like, you know, college started getting closer. And then the last year, we was just on Zoom. You know, everything kind of just went to shit. And like, uh, I just like, like, I like, like, I found out like that, like, I didn't even know, like, immigrants have to pay more. Like, I, so I would have to pay more. And I'm like, man, like, I could partly afford college as it is. I got to pay more. Or like, it's like, a, it's a, a big amount more than a, like a kid, like, who like has social in America. And then on top of it, I'm like, damn, my mom can't pay. So like, I, I guess I'm not going to college. And then I like kind of like, and then I started, you know, like during pandemic, I kind of like, I felt like I grew a lot, like as weird as it sounds like, I just like started learning more. And then I would hear the podcast you did with Angel and Z and then I would kind of be like, okay, like, you know, like maybe like I don't have to go to college. And then I kind of like, when I went to back to school for a bit, like for like very like last part of the year, I would try to talk to people about them. I'm like, and they'd be, and they would look down on me. Like the kids that I would be on AP class, they look down on me. They'd be like, like, you're not going to college. You're going to be a bum. Like you're going to like... You're gonna just like end up doing this and i'm like what like it blows my mind because like that you like on your own like you're so brainwashed to this uh, to this extent that like if someone tells you hey you don't have to go to college you'd be like no like i don't want to be a bummer i don't want to be a loser and it blows my mind that like kids at 18 or 17 are like no i have to go to college and there'd be kids who like 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 a program here is called avid for like advanced like you know for advanced like to go to college or whatever and there'd be kids who come to our school and be like yeah i've been in college for 10 years i still don't know what to, what to do like did to our face tell us that and kids like what and i would be like the only one like is this okay like i don't want to be in college for 10 years i don't want to like i want to have fun and everybody's like oh well like if you have fun you're gonna like you know you know you're just gonna like you're gonna end up doing nothing you're gonna end up being like of this and it's just like wow you guys really like at this age think this way yeah it blows my mind Brainwash is a good word to use. Um, I mean, even now in my mid-20s, like, <clears throat> people, you know, there's still a pressure to get figured out. And uh, what I've learned, though, throughout the years is that the people who you think have shit most figured out and, like, their life is, like, on the right track, a lot of times you get to know that person a little bit and they let you in a little bit and you realize that motherfucker is just as lost and confused as you are. They're just better. They're putting they're putting a, a nicer bow on it. You know what That's I mean? That's everyone like, in their 30s, bro. Yeah, man. Everyone in their 30s. For real. People are just, you know, no one wants to know that you're, no one wants people to know that they're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And a lot of people, I would say 90% of us are like, shit, well, I don't know what's going on. I don't. You know what yeah. I mean? 25, I definitely don't know what's going on. Like, I got a job. I make my money. I do I do what I got to do. But, like, I don't expect my job forever. I don't know what I want to do forever. I won't go to hard forever. Like, you're, you're 18. Like, you and I are different. We're just winging it. You know what I mean? There's, like, goals you can set for yourself, and everyone should set goals for themselves. But at the end of the day, most of us are just winging it. Yeah, there are certain things where, like, there are certain things that, I, like, I'm like, okay, I want to do this. I want to get this little, like, job so then I can someday do this. But then there are me people, like, like said in high school, like, when I, like, when we had, like, spent this whole, like, year apart from each other and, like, you know, not seeing each other, like, then they're just like, 
yeah, I'm gonna like be like I'm gonna become a teacher. I'm gonna do this. No, like I'm gonna become a substitute teacher. I'm gonna become a teacher. Then I'm gonna do this, and then by the time I'm 30, I want to have one kid already. So that by the time I'm this, like I'm like, what? Like, like I don't even want to know what's happen what's gonna happen with me. Like I know I want to get a good like a decent job, and like you know like just go to hardcore shows and like fucking tour. Or, like you know what I mean? Do shit like that. Like and then them, it's like where it's like, well, you know, aren't you scared? That's what you should want to do at 18 years old, bro. You shouldn't be wanting to commit your life to some books for the next four however many years you know what i mean if you want to if you felt passionate about education and learning then yeah go for it like devote your life to your studies if you don't then just have a good time make sure you know you stay safe and you fucking don't make your mom upset about anything and just have a good time that's the two things the the advice i can give you is don't upset your mom and just have a good time you know yeah. what i mean like that's it when you're 18 bro man i wish I can be 18. I'm like, I'm not even that much older than you at all. So but I wish I could like do things like a little bit different. Just enjoy a little bit more because that's a stressful age, you know? And it, those are formative years that you're in right now. To work. Like, I, I, I hope and no one younger than me uh, will regret anything they do now when they're a little older, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I look at a lot of my cousins, like, like, I tell them, like, like, a lot of my cousins say, like, there's one ex one cousin that I grew up with, you know, and he's, like, he's in his thing, but, like, I, like, it's weird, because sometimes I'm like, yo, like, let's go do something, let's go skate, let's go play some soccer, let's, you know what I mean? And he's, like, and I rem I always remember this one time I went with him, like, he was going to go to back to Mexico for a bit, and I was like, oh, let's go, like, let's go to the store, let's go buy something to take back to Mexico. So we went, and I'm like, okay, like, it's, like, three in the afternoon or four in the afternoon. I'm like, okay, let's, let's go play soccer or something. Let's go skate or something. Let's go do something. And he's like, nah, it's four. Like, it's already four in the afternoon. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, it's still early. Like, we could like, you know what I mean? He's like, no, like, uh, you know, I'm already tired. Like, and then I'm like, and then he grew, like, it's weird because the way they raised them, it's like, life is like one, two, three, four, and that's your day. You know what I mean? Like, very like, wake up at eight in the morning, brush your teeth. And like, you know what I mean? Like, and like, you know what I mean? Like, it's life like right. that. And I'm like, and I'm glad, like. I'm glad I kind of know that like life doesn't have to be that way but do, but sometimes I do doubt myself and look at other people where like they're like going to college and I know they're miserable and I know like they're not themselves and they have no really self of identity but I still feel like damn like should I be doing that like should I be like you know what I mean like going to school or like going to like something I don't want to do but like like you know what I mean I, I really feel conflicted in that that's a normal part of life the conflict that you have is a normal part of life, especially when it comes to comparing yourself to other people. Even if you think what they're doing is like maybe not right for you, there's always be something in your head that's like, well, I know I feel like this, but maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? There's so no maybe, and you're always gonna be comparing yourself to people. You know what I mean? It takes time to just not do that because I think, I mean, I and everyone does that. I, I, you know, from the youngest person you know to your fucking grandma, we're all comparing ourselves to people all the time. It take a lot of time and work to not do that, but uh, not nah, like it. I mean, I was definitely conflict. Like, okay, so after I graduated high school, I did a like a six month program, like a technical school to learn about TV and radio production. Where I went college, I did that. I got out and went on tour for like two years. Like, hey, college. Not really, but I and so then I did it. But I was the whole time when I was on tour, 
there was times in the van where I'm like, damn, like, I went to college right after high school, you know what I mean? Comparing myself, seeing pictures of other people, thinking like, wow, they look so fucking happy. And like, I'm at home, broke, no job, no money. I don't have shit to do, you know what I mean? And now, like, I'm happy where I'm at in life right now, so I'm not upset that I chose to go the path that I chose when I was your age. But, um, yeah, no. That conflict that you feel is, is super normal. It's just, it's just up to you to, you know, figure out where to go and how to use that from here. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah. I try to, I try to like stay positive about it. Sometimes I'm just like, fuck, like, what am I gonna do? But uh, I mean, like, I have to. But like, basically, the older you get, you realize that college, a fucking diploma, doesn't mean shit. What means shit is a solid resume and a solid work experience that some employer is gonna be. Oh, you work for so and so. Well, you have value to my company because you work for so-and-so company and you have these skills in this trade or whatever. Like, no teacher wants you to know that. I'm like, low-key, like, now that I'm 28, I realized like 10 years ago, I wish teachers would have told us that. That it's not your diploma, that your diploma doesn't determine your worth. It's your resume and your work experience that some employer is going to buy you for your time because you already have this track record of being useful in this way at a certain trade. Or whatever, and like that's basically uh, what it is. I work ethic big, man. Yeah, we are hard. Gonna get you far. Yeah, we're all fucking. Bra- we're born to be fucking hard workers. That's, that's right. Indian. La raza. That's right. We're yeah. like, we work the hardest, dog. Yeah, Dude. yeah. I was like, I've seen like I've seen like a, fra- a factory like. Fa- I, like is, I, yeah, I, you work at a factory. I've bro. been yeah, I've been working at a factory. Like meanwhile, hopefully, I get like my shit like fixed, and I'm like down like. I'm all like, I think, I think, like, not to, like, I'm not going to say what race, because I don't want to, like, you know, I'm not trying to talk shit, but, like, there was another race, like, where they, like, they told me, like, oh, this, like, this 34-year-old man with kids came, and, like, like, his, what, I, what, I mean, right now I'm not working, because it just finished, but I was, like, fixing machines, like, fixing, uh, like, plastic bag machines, like, that make plastic bags for, like, stores, like, we'd fix the machines every time they fuck up, so, like, I would, like, they tell me, hey, yeah, this guy came, he, like, he, like, literally stayed here for, like, until his lunch break, which is like four hours, got in his car and left. Cause he's just like, was like, I don't want to do this. And I and was like, yeah, man, like, like you could do this. And like, that's like good. And I'm like, yeah, but fuck you. Because you're like paying me very little for like something that takes a lot of fucking knowledge, not only work, but knowledge. But it, it just, it just blows my mind. It's just, it's just been blowing my mind how this world really is. And I don't know, like that's, I mean, thank God for, thank whatever fucking up there. You're for down in them court. trenches, bro. Yeah. You're down in them trenches. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm grateful that I found hardcore because at the end of the day, that's, like, my gateway into, like, other shit and other, and other, like, you know, like, like, there's, I, I think I've, I've, like, I've been into hardcore, like, for quite a bit that, like, to this point, it's, like, I meet people who are, like, have ties with hardcore and they're not really hardcore kids that, like, I still get along with them because there is that little niche of, like, hey, like, you kind of like these bands and I kind of, like, like these bands. I'm more into it than you. But we're still, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, if, if it was like, if I would have never been to this music, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would have never, never probably met you. You know what I mean? I, I would have stayed, I would have stayed, like, in the same, like, I always stayed in the same streets from, like, the, from certain block to certain block, never left. There was a fair that came, that I would go there. There was a Swami, I would go there, and that's it. Like, I never left, and, and I'm pretty grateful that, you know, that, I mean, which I never, like, looked at hardcore. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get into this, I could, like, go. I just really loved it. And it's brought me to like cool, do cool shit, I guess, at a young age, I guess. But yeah. 
but yeah, we appreciate you um, for stopping by. I really, this is really, um, I, I guess more so than just a podcast or an interview, like I really enjoyed just having the conversation. And we love the Ventura set, dude. That yeah. show was sick. That shit popped off so hard. We, you had, you seen Regulate before? Uh, yeah, the Mind Force game. Oh, yeah, I hadn't seen Regulate before. I didn't really know what, reg- what Regulate was about, but seeing that fucking blew my mind. There was nothing I ever seen like it. That shit was a whole different type of energy that was violent. I was with, I was with this camera right here. I took a picture of you guys, but dude, that was dangerous. It felt like cannonballs flying off the stage. If yo, you were there, you know what Yo, happened. I love Dead Heat. I do love Dead Regulate. Heat. Regulate! I love Woo! Dead Heat, but to be honest, I would have not gotten if Regulate didn't play. Straight up. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't like on a Ventura from all the way LA Especially from, from New York to Ventura. The Ventura knew what the fuck was up. Yeah. They knew. Sick ass. Yeah, and uh, wait, just so, so people, because I know some people are going to hear about it. How was the Dead City game? Oh, it was, it was fucking crazy. That had to happen, what's today, Tuesday? So that happened on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, um, it was insane. It was at this place called the East. East River Amphitheater, which is just right on the East River, which runs underneath the Williamsburg Bridge under a couple of different bridges. And um, there's in Manhattan. You can see Brooklyn from across the water. And uh, yeah, it was insane. It was like, it was, I, we definitely never played no show like that. There was fireworks going off on stage or in the pit. People were setting fire, like fires, yeah. like in the pit. And, like, That's a typical Dead City show. I, I know I've been seeing all the videos on Instagram and shit, you know, of the shows out up, up by you guys, and I was psyched that we got to play. I really wanted to play. I wanted to be a part of that over here. Um, it was sick. I hope did, we get to do it again someday. Did you feel scared or something? To some extent, like I saw the videos, I'm like, goddamn, like something, like something could explode it, like on there, like. Nah, because I knew what time it was, and I knew what, you know, I, I watched a couple bands before that, and it wasn't as crazy during them in terms of like the bombs pretty much but i knew what people were doing up there and i saw them shooting at the fireworks at the stage and i was prepared for whatever was going to happen um did the, I cop, did the cops try to shut that one down too because like oakland like the past two la gigs like cops showed up like did they try to shut that one down too no nah, they the, so it was weird because the cops and an ambulance were there at the show like kind of just back you know like in the cut and then they didn't do anything. They just kind of patrolled, like, in the back for a while, but not to, not to a point where you, like, really noticed them, like, oh, my God, there's cops here. It was like, oh, there's a cop over there. And that was really it. Um, after we played, I got off stage, and I just kept walking. I just walked to the train, and I dipped because I didn't feel like being there anymore. I was... After we played, the adrenaline started wearing down, and I was like, all right, I'm not trying to get hit with a fucking firework. I'm off stage. Like, the show's over. I'm like, if I hit a firework, I'm gonna start fighting, and I don't want to do that shit. Wait, you took just the train keep... home? So like regular, just walked it. Just regular ass. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it took you know, I took the subway back. Damn. Um, but uh, no, I, I, what I, my friend told me who stuck around, she said that, um, that after we played, well, Dead City played another set after we played. They just. They just hopped on. Yeah, this that, Dead City. They told us like they just they'll run their entire set from the from the top. If they're just bored, I, I, you know, they're taking advantage of the time because you know you don't know when that's just gonna happen again. So might as well play twice. Um, but what after them? I think cops showed up and they were trying to get people out of the park. And uh, but I don't think anything too crazy happened. Um, and I do know that the next day, like Dead City and like a bunch of their homies went back to the place and they like cleaned up all the beer bottles and all the that's fireworks. Right. 
know what I mean? They took care. It, it was awesome, man. It was a great experience. Yeah, Death, Death like, City always takes care of the community, dude. Don't listen to any, whatever yeah. anybody else fucking says. They always put on, dude. All right. All right, man. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate you really uh, taking your time. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be looking forward to listening to this. You know, yeah. a lot, a lot. You, you, I mean, I'm pretty sure you know how much LA loves regulate. A lot. Everyone, yeah. dude. Hey, trust me. Yeah, we hold it down for you guys. But yeah, um, we're going to close it down and uh, yeah. appreciate it, man. Do you have anything you want to shout oh, out yeah, you on sh- Instagram yeah. or anything? Any upcoming projects you want to speak on? I mean, shout out, shout out to all my boys in California, all my boys and girls in California and LA, um, and Oxnard. That's right. Uh, everywhere. Um, Black Power, Brown Pride, Indigenous Resistance. That's it. I appreciate you guys having me, man. I had a great time. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Stay safe. Oh, yeah. All right.